Boulder City Podcast, where we speak with some of the interesting and unique individuals in our small town. I'm Roger Gross, and this week we sit down with Boulder City's own Lexi Lagan, the Olympic athlete in shooting competition. When it comes to Olympics, Boulder City boxes above its weight. In the past, the city has been a starting point for several Olympic athletes, and today there are currently two active competitors, swimmer Zane Grothy and the subject of our podcast, Lexi Lagan. A native of Boulder City, Lagan found a native of Boulder City, Lagan found her love for shooting at the Boulder City Ranges with her family, which includes her mother Jill Lagan, the CEO of the Boulder City Chamber of Commerce. When she went away to college at the University of Utah, she joined the Marksmanship Club and discovered a hidden talent which led to high-level competition, including a selection to the U.S. shooting team at the 2016 Rio Olympics. Just last month, she won two medals at the Pan American Games and obtained an Olympic quota for Paris in 2024. She talks about her career and her hopes for the future. She spoke with me in Boulder City in November. Welcome to the Boulder City Podcast. My guest today is Lexi Lagan, the uh, Pan American Games uh, medal winner uh, just recently and an Olympic participant in the past. Uh, Lexi, thanks for joining us. It's really great to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Well, you know, uh, those of us in Boulder City always root for you when you're in these competitions. And, uh, you know, we're real proud of of what you've done to actually, uh, you know, uh, bring yourself up and and show show what the city is is all about. So so let's start with the beginning. How How did you get into shooting? and, and uh, you know, how did it start for you? Yeah, so growing up out here in Boulder, um, my dad would take me out to the range. It was really a family activity. We okay. would go with grandpa and mm-hmm. mom and everybody would go out. We would just have fun family shooting time, target shooting, and uh, trying to beat each other on who was mm-hmm. the best. Uh, when I went up to school, um, I was originally intending to go to BYU-Provo, mm-hmm. changed my mind last minute, went to University of Utah, okay. and with that change, I decided I needed to make some new friends mm-hmm. and find some people to hang out with, so I joined a ton of different clubs, one of which being the Marksmanship Club. Okay. Uh, when I first went to tryouts, I thought it was really dumb. I did not think that it was <laughs> going to be something that I would really participate in a whole lot, right. uh, especially with my major being pre-law physics and a political science minor. I didn't really want to focus a whole lot on extracurriculars. So I joined the marksmanship team uh, as a way to keep shooting and just keep up that skill Mm -hmm. uh, without any real intention with it. Sure. My coach saw that I had a lot of potential, Mm -hmm. kept pushing for me to do more and more with it. Uh, Eventually, I started going to a couple of the the bigger national Mm -hmm. competitions, uh, including the tryouts for 2016 for Rio. Uh, and I was the alternate for Rio. Okay. And after doing that, I was like, oh, I'm kind of good at this. Yeah. And uh, continued on with moving out to the training center in Colorado Springs, mm-hmm. uh, working with my coach now, Jason Turner. And uh, yeah, just really honing in on my skill, creating a much more athletic lifestyle than what I was originally intending. But okay. it's all kind of history from there. Sure, sure. So you never got into any competitions then until you went to college. Yeah, I um, I Except participated with your family. in. <laughs> yeah, I participated in. Yeah. Um, I think there was like one or two little competitions that I did uh-huh. uh, when I was really little. Okay. Um, for it was our hunter safety class that mm-hmm. was conducted out there at the range. Right. Um, and they had a couple of little competitions, uh, but that was the other thing with that is I was it was. 
the class was meant for 12 to 18 year old okay. uh, athletes mm-hmm. or 12 to 18 year old kiddos. And I, at the time was 10 okay. and I was the only female that had signed up. So they had to bring in a special coach to work with me. And, uh, yeah, I, I was a little intimidated by all of it. Sure. They gave me mm-hmm. special permission to come in that mm-hmm. young. Uh, but yeah, with those little competitions, I ended up winning the first competition. Okay. Uh, after really? that, they're like, oh, well she's, it's because she shot with her own gun. Yeah. Like it's this, that, the other, they gave all these excuses. So the next excuses, time right? I <laughs> used this, uh, giant rifle it was bigger yeah. than me i don't remember what it was but it was just huge and i was like ah oh, dad i'm kind of intimidated by it and he's like no you'll be fine just do what you always do and right. i ended up taking second the next time and first the third time so wow wow yeah. that's impressive especially you know against older older boys mm-hmm. and uh, and all yeah. boys you're the only only girl that's incredible yeah wow. definitely feel that competitive spirit so let, let's uh, uh back up a little bit and talk about about the actual your choice you, you shoot pistols now uh, exclusively mm-hmm. correct yep okay uh, and why did you choose that instead of instead of a rifle um so at the university of utah they only had the pistol team they didn't okay. have the rifle team mm-hmm. which um Having looked back, if I had the option between rifle, pistol, or shotgun, Mm -hmm. uh, knowing my personality, I probably would have sided with shotgun, but I'm so glad that I went with pistol just because it is a little bit of an easier sport to get started in. Sure. Um, However, for athletes that are looking at potentials in all of these different sports, Mm -hmm. um, there's tons of pros and cons. With pistol, it's a lot cheaper to get started, a lot lot less equipment to have. Uh, you can grow through the gun, and right. most of the times you'll only need to pay like $200 to get a new grip. Right. Uh, with rifle, it's an NCAA sport, which yeah. is great. You get funding, you get scholarships, mm-hmm. uh, tons and tons of schools have it, so there's plenty of opportunities to get accepted into those schools on a rifle scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the rifles are a lot more expensive than the pistols, sure. especially when you start getting to accessories and other little equipment sure, pieces, right. yep. uh, maintenance, that sort of thing. Um, and then really importantly, you have a rifle suit that you wear. It's a mixture of canvas, plastics, and leather. Mm-hmm. And that suit is meant to help, uh, well, it helps with safety. It's not uh, bulletproof or anything like a lot sure. of people will say. Right. Uh, it's actually meant to help with your back mm-hmm. um, because the positions that you're standing in for rifle can cause uh, lots of scoliosis and stuff sure, like that. Sure. Uh, so it helps provide a little bit of stabilization for your back support um, while still being able to get into that position accurately. Right, right. Uh, and then it also creates a little bit of a dampening of your heart rate while you're shooting because mm-hmm. the the 10 ring for a rifle target for air rifle uh, is the size of a 12 point font newspaper print period Mm -hmm. um so it's very very tiny you really are battling against yourself to get that in there um so yeah a little bit of pros and cons with rifle versus pistol Mm -hmm. and then with shotgun very expensive to get started but once you get started it's just really coming down to the maintenance fees Mm -hmm. um lots and lots of opportunity to shoot uh shotgun not just at the olympic level but also in lots of american trap sure. american skeet clay target um just out here in Ca- in in vegas we have a couple of different sporting clays ranges that mm-hmm. are really exciting to shoot on right right so plenty of opportunity there um but it is kind of an expensive sport to get started in just not a lot of maintenance equipment right, that you have right. to keep up with yeah well you know when i watch the uh, the rifle competitions on tv uh 
those those rifles look like they're space age rifles. I mean, that must that must be expensive. As the higher you go into that, having to invest in those expensive rifles, unless of course you're you're at a school where they they you're able to use them there. Yeah, uh, with like those those big rifles, mm-hmm. um, the technology is constantly increasing too. So there might be a new way of the rifling to be done down the barrel that's all of a sudden ever so slightly more accurate. So um, keeping up and maintaining all of those different pieces are really important as well. Yeah, sure. Uh, with pistol, we have a lot of different uh, technologies that come and go with our triggers. Mm-hmm. The trigger really being the most important part because that's the biggest movement that you're going to have while you're shooting the pistol since it's all one-handed. Right. Uh, but we don't have new lenses. Um, it's all iron sights mm-hmm. and there's nothing really to those. They're just big sticks on the front and back sure. of the gun. Right, so right. Um, yeah, it's it pistol's a little bit more simple, uh, but we do have maintenance that we still have to keep up with it's sure. kind of like getting an oil change on your car you yeah. have to make sure that you're doing course, that regularly right. well you have to clean your, your gun mm-hmm. after every use i imagine right pretty close yeah. um i'm actually always getting scolded because i am the worst at keeping up <laughs> with my gun maintenance um i i really enjoy it when i do do it sure. but it's almost like i like to build up a little bit of extra grit so that right. way i can <laughs> right. really get it clean yeah. it feels mm-hmm. like such gratification to see that shine sure but, sure right exactly Exactly. So is, is there uh, different levels of pistols that, that you use uh, in, during the competition and, or, or just leading up to it? Um, while you're graduating through the gun, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Uh, once you're in like the top level, the Olympic level, right. uh, more or less everybody has about the same gun with mm-hmm. really just very, very minute differences. Yeah. Uh, they all are customized per athlete, but um, yeah, they're basically the same and they're basically at the same tier level in terms of cost and um, fancy doodads that are on right. it. Uh, but starting off, I started with a Daisy pump air pistol that mm-hmm. you can buy over at like Shields or right. Bass Pro Shops right. or whatever. Um, I actually have a scar on my left hand <laughs> from one time where the air pistol, I was pumping it and the pump lever uh-huh. caught me and pinched me really hard and took off a little chunk of skin so i started off with that it's really heavy really bulky not very mm-hmm. accurate but it gives you a lot of fundamentals and mm-hmm. development in terms of like your shoulder stability uh, then i graduated and i moved on to a really really old version of my gun uh, this really old marini air pistol right i shot that for a while and uh, after shooting that i decided okay there's a couple of things that I dislike about it, but it's the, the school's gun uh, from University of Utah. So I'm going to go and buy my own gun. Okay. I got my first K-12 Pardini. Mm-hmm. I love that Pardini. I still have it. Um, I ended up getting a, my backup gun was a second K-12 Pardini, a little bit newer. Not much of a difference between the two. Um, loved both of them. Really enjoyed them up until I tried out an electronic trigger on my new Walther LP500. And that electronic trigger really, it it got me. I was really into it. It's just a crisper trigger pull, which the difference between when I was shooting that daisy versus what I'm shooting right now, very, very drastic levels of accuracy. However, the skill level that I was at when I shot the Daisy wouldn't have it would have shot the exact same as when I was shooting sure. on this LP500. So, getting started, start off with the the easy simple guns, move up as you're getting higher and higher levels of competition, mm-hmm. and the best way to do that is to work with a coach to be able to have them assess what's going to be best for you rather sure. than just taking guesses on your own. Right. 
So are there, are there sponsorship opportunities as well in, in uh, pistols? Sometimes the sponsorship opportunities can be difficult because you're working in two different um, niche uh, niche. Mm-hmm. company and industrial groups right. uh, you've got the shooting industry right. which is massive it's huge there's plenty of like people that are joining into this small businesses right. as well mm-hmm. as large larger businesses um, however with the shooting industry a lot more times there's uh, opportunities for sponsorships for three gun and for some of these other uh, shooting sports that are much more visible in the u.s mm-hmm. uh, which the u.s is one of the bigger markets in terms of uh, advertising for that industry. So they're going to tend to lean towards those guys, whereas uh, for me, I can't wear a jersey that has those logos all the way across Mm -hmm. at all of the competitions I go to. It's very select competitions that I would be allowed to wear it. Uh, Because the the branding that I would have to wear, uh, it has to be cleared by um, my... NGB, my national governing body, which right. is USA Shooting, mm-hmm. then um, our USOPC, the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee, which is our governing body right. for the U.S., um, the ISSF, the International Shooting Sports Federation, which is the governing body for shooting sports in the world, okay. and then the IOC, the International Olympic Committee. So if you can find a sponsor <laughs> right. that c- gets cleared with all of those right. guys, you can wear their, their branding on the line sure. at a competition, but otherwise uh, it's very, very strict on when and where I can wear that. Okay. So it's difficult to get advertising for these sponsors. On the other side, you have the um, athletic industry. Mm -hmm. And with athletics, there's plenty of different athletes that you can sponsor that, again, would have much more opportunities for branding than a shooter. shooter. And with a lot of companies right now and with the uh, conversations that are being had on shooting sports in the U.S., Mm -hmm. it's difficult to find athletic companies that want to sponsor a shooter. Sure, absolutely. I can understand that. So um, how, how long are the ranges that you shoot on in, in the Olympic competitions? Yeah, so I shoot on 10 meters okay. and 25 meters. Okay. Um, so the 10 meter competition that I'm shooting is air pistol. Mm-hmm. Again, both of my sports are single handed. So I'm standing just one hand on the gun. Uh, I stand uh, perpendicular to my target mm-hmm. away from it. Um, and I have for air pistol 60 or I'm sorry, uh, 75 minutes to shoot 60 shots. Mm-hmm. Um, and the 10 ring on my target is about the size of a number two pencil eraser head. Wow. <laughs> so pretty small. Um, yeah. And the pellet that I'm using is not much. It's a little smaller than that 10 ring. Mm-hmm. So I have to make sure that I'm perfectly center yeah. nearly every time. Yeah. Um, I need to have like a 97% accuracy rate for mm-hmm. that particular sport to be competitive on the international level. Okay. Uh, then I have sport pistol, and sport pistol is a lot more fun. It's 25 meters away, uh, 50 feet more or less. Mm-hmm. And it's... Um, two different targets. I have a precision portion where I have about a minute per shot Mm -hmm. and I shoot 30 shots of that. In that minute per shot, again, one-handed iron sights uh, and the 10 ring on that is about the size of a half dollar coin. Mm -hmm. And I need to be hitting that tent, that half dollar coin at 25 meters uh, about 97% of the time there. Mm -hmm. And then I switch over and shoot rapid fire. 
And with rapid fire, the 10 ring opens up to about the size of uh, somewhere in between a tennis ball and a softball. Okay. Um, same distance. However, now I only have three seconds per shot. And I have to start at a ready position that's 90 or 45 degrees off the side of my body. Okay. Uh, I get a green light. I come up. I have three seconds to take that shot and come back down. Okay. And I do that uh, another 30 shots. Those two scores get combined. Um, and again, to be a competitive on the international level, uh, I need a 97 in the precision portion, the slow fire portion. And I need like a 97, closer to a 98% mm-hmm. accuracy rate in the rapid fire portion. Yeah, that sounds, sounds very difficult. It's pretty wild. So tell me about the uh, training regimen then uh, that you have to go through. You know, I've, I've spoken with uh, Zane Grothy about his, his training regimen, and I can't believe how, how much he swims, uh, another, another Olympian from Boulder City. Uh, but uh, what do you, what's your, your regimen then? Yeah, so I normally start um, 8.30, 9-ish. I try and be on the range a little bit earlier than that to do my warm-up routine, which is about 30 minutes. Um, It requires me to dry fire on the wall, which dry firing is just making the gun go click Mm -hmm. and not letting it shoot any pellets or or ammo. Um, So I dry fire on the wall for about 30 minutes. Um, Then I actually start my training. I'll normally train um, like 8.30 to 10. At 10, I go over and do my workout. 10 to 11, 11.30 is my workout time. Then I go and have lunch. After lunch, I come back. Uh, I set up and maybe do another warm-up, or I might talk to my coach about what my afternoon routine is going to be and what we're going to focus on. Then I normally train uh, in the afternoon, so like 12.30, 1-ish, till about 4 or 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that afternoon time is normally where if I have a meeting with my sports psych or with my nutritionist, or maybe I need to do a follow-up meeting with my uh, sports med team or my strength and conditioning team, uh, those are when I have those meetings. And then I pack up and head home. Uh, I normally will do another 30 minutes of cardio on my Peloton at home. Uh, and then I do some journaling. I work with my athletes because I coach as okay. a mm-hmm. uh, to make money because we don't make money otherwise. Yeah, right, exactly. um, so I do my coaching. Uh, I work on my training plan, which I have a, a long-term training plan. And then I get ready for the next day. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and this, is this uh, five days a week or is this more than Right that? now, five days a yeah, week. Okay. Every once in a while we'll have something happen where I need to come in on uh, Saturday and do a little bit there, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a competition or something. Sure. Uh, but I keep Sunday clear. Okay. Well, that sounds pretty pretty intensive, almost like Zane. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell us about Olympic uh, qualifying. Obviously, uh, when, the first, when you first went out for that, there had to be a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah. So my first time around um, was 2016, as mm-hmm. I said. And I, I really wasn't planning on it being a big deal. I didn't think that I was going to get anywhere close. Um, I wanted to, obviously. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. why are you doing it? But um, I really didn't have a whole lot of aspiration with it. Uh, I thought it would just be more of a fun thing. Mm -hmm. And then making alternate position, I was like, oh, I've got a shot at this. Um, That's when I started really actually planning out my next Olympic run. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is everyone always thinks that it comes down to the tryouts where you start building up the pressure. But I think the pressure for me was back when I won the quota at Cat Games. Um, In my mind, winning that quota really meant like, okay, I can do this. I am going to go. This is my quota that I have to win back. Went into the trials just owning it, like knowing this is my spot. I can do this. I'm one of the top shooters here um, and having all the confidence in the world. Mm -hmm. So 
it was, there was pressure, but it wasn't as prominent as I think it could have been without right. that preparation ahead mm-hmm. of time. Uh, going into this trials, the pressure is a little bit different because now I am an Olympian. Right, now sure. I have um, a little bit more of like, okay, well, I should have my double run at the mm-hmm. Olympics. I should have these things going on. So that pressure is there. Um, that and then I've had so many weird things happen. I broke my uh, right ankle a month before Tokyo, mm-hmm. a month before the Olympics. Right. Um, so that was kind of odd. Um, I broke my wrist earlier this year, my right wrist. And so I had to do a month of recovery on that. Um, still don't have total flexibility in it, mm-hmm. but it's getting there. So yeah, there's a, there's just been a lot of hiccups leading sure. into it. Yep. Um, so my confidence was rocked a little bit, but, uh, after world championships this year where I, I tied with the cut score to make the final, mm-hmm. Um, an air pistol, which is not really my, sure. my better discipline is definitely sport pistol. Mm-hmm. Uh, that gave me a little bit more of like a, oh yeah, remember I'm good at this. Yeah, like I yeah, can, sure. I can do what I need to do. And I went into trials with that confidence and did really well on getting myself a head start in air, mm-hmm. uh, in sport pistol. I'm trailing just a little bit, but I can catch up really easily. Okay. So are there women's and men's teams? So you, you just compete against women? Yep, I just compete against women. There is a mixed team event okay. where uh, we shoot air pistol uh-huh. and the the styles for that keep changing. So right. uh, don't be surprised if you're watching it and you're like, this is completely different than the last yeah, time because right, it's yeah. the same thing for all of us. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, we shoot mixed team and that's really fun because there is a little bit of cooperation and like and strategy mm-hmm. that goes behind working with your teammates. Right, so. sure. I guess it's a little like mixed doubles in tennis, right? Mm-hmm, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, tell us about the Pan Am Games. Uh, you know, you just meddled in that. Uh, how, how did you qualify for that event, and, uh, and how did it go? Yeah, so qualifications for Pan American Games was um, just a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we had just finished up nationals, essentially, came back from nationals, went to world championships, came back from world championships, went to Pan American game or Pan American tryouts, came back from that, went to trials, came back from that. It's been just <laughs> yeah. one thing after another. But uh, with the the selection for Pan American games, I really owned it. I felt very comfortable, comfortable and confident in going to Pan American games. Um, I had great scores. I set a new personal best for sport pistol mm-hmm. with a 585. Uh, which is pretty, that's a very competitive score. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I I felt very good going into Pan Ams. Got to Pan Ams, and I had a little bit of a confidence uh, quiver. Like, I I got up to the line, and I started to kind of question some of my process that I knew was super solid and going into it. And uh, that questioning um, carried over into my score. Mm-hmm. Uh, my scores were low for both air and sport. However, my finals were strong, which is great because that's what I've been training so hard sure. on. And that's what led to those medals in that quota spot. Right. Right. So it sounds like you, uh, you, you need, uh, shooters might need a sports psychologist a little more than, than some of the other, uh, uh sports oh, in, yeah. in that event. Um, I mean, uh, health and mental health especially in sport is extremely important uh but with shooting sports they say that it's 90 percent mental and 10 percent physical so when you're really starting to get up there and you're trying to focus and bring all of this attention to just one particular thing your front sight uh having things pop up like yeah 
I don't like the way that so-and-so said that thing to me the other day is not very helpful. Yeah. So working with a sports psych, I think, is pretty critical. Right. No question. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, uh, so, so would you win a silver medal? Yes, I okay. won bronze for sport pistol okay. uh, and silver for air pistol. Great. So you mm-hmm. got two medals. That's, that's wonderful. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. And so th- and just be clear, the Pan American Games uh, is a competition with with all the uh, nations in, in North and South America and I guess the Caribbean too. Yep. All yeah. the North and South America. Um, and it's really the closest thing that I have to compare to the Olympics. Okay. Um, it's I made the Pan American team in uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. But I stepped down so that way my teammate would be able to go win a quota and then eventually go to the Olympics. Okay. Um, however, it's one of those, oh, man, maybe I should have gone so that way I could have had that experience leading into Tokyo. Granted, Tokyo with COVID and everything right. was absolutely chaotic, yeah. so it's hard to compare. Sure. Uh, but, yeah, by now after seeing Pan American Games and seeing what it's like to be in the village and see all the other sports – uh, I'm definitely like, oh, okay, cool. Like, yeah. I'm glad that I had this as kind mm-hmm. of a precursor to sure. Paris. And what did you what did you think of, of Santiago? I, I was there many years ago when I was a young man, but uh, uh, how, how was it for you? I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It was so beautiful. Yeah. The um, history and the culture there was mm-hmm. was really exciting to experience. Um, I got to go on a con- gondola ride, which um, I don't like uh, heights. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> So it was a little scary at times, but I giggled my way through it because yeah. that's how I cope. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was really fun. On the last day, uh, we all finished up our competitions, and there was six of us, including myself, uh, from the rifle and the pistol teams that were all just hanging out. So we went on uh, a little bit of an adventure, mm-hmm. and it was really great to experience all of that. Great, great. So let's talk about about guns a little bit. Uh, you know, when I was when I was young and many many years ago, uh, there was actually gun clubs in the schools I went to. You know, where mm-hmm. people would bring their rifles, put them in their their lockers, and after school they they go out and practice. Uh, but now, obviously, there's not that, that that kind of opportunity for people anymore. Do you, do you think it's really important for people to really understand what guns are, have a knowledge of guns, and how to have gun safety and those kind of things? Oh yeah, it's just a tool. Um, if we start looking at some of the other things that we've removed from our schools, like auto shop and mm-hmm. um, woodworking and those sorts of things, those are other things where right. we're learning practical skills off of tools. Uh, firearm safety is another practical skill that you sure. learn on a tool. Um, I think that firearm safety and uh, target shooting and especially really teaches a lot of respect, um, time management, um, confidence in self. Uh, there's so many different skills that you can learn from sure, that right. that I think some of our younger people can really benefit from. Sure. As I said, I, I coach uh, junior athletes. I coach mm-hmm. high school athletes. And uh, it's really incredible some of the 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 talents that these kids have, right. not just in their shooting sports, but also uh, in their academics. Mm-hmm. They're all high performers. Right. They're all doing really well, getting into major colleges. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's neat to be able to see... Um, the benefits that these athletes are are getting from learning about shooting sports. Sure. Yeah. No question. Um, so, what what is the uh, the age limit in terms of uh, you know shooting sports? I mean, obviously with with physical sports like swimming and, and running and things of that nature, you know, you can go to about thirty and and then you start to decline. How about how about shooting sports? Um, that is something kind of interesting that I got to talk about a lot in uh, Santiago with some of the other athletes mm-hmm. is. Um, 
the shooters are typically some of the older athletes on the field. Right. Uh, shooters and equestrian sports mm-hmm. tend to be the oldest athletes at the Olympics. Right. Um, our median age is about 30 years old. Okay. Um, it takes about 10 years to really develop a shooting mm-hmm. athlete uh, and have that good 10-year mark where they're not totally burnt out, uh, which the burnout really is mental. It's not a physical burnout uh, where they're not totally burnt out from shooting, but Mm -hmm. also uh, not physically starting to have uh, difficulties with just general health. As I said, with uh, rifle shooting, you have a lot of wear and tear on your back with a shotgun. A lot of it's lower back and hips. And with pistol, it's your shoulders, Mm -hmm. um, your shoulders and your elbows. So it's just normal to have wear and tear on those particular joints as we age. Um, luckily it is a, a safer sport for the body. Sure. Um, uh, we have athletes as young as eight years old mm-hmm. and athletes as old as 60 and, and a little bit older, but I can for sure say 60 years old is one of our oldest athletes wow. that's competing. Wow. Well, that's good. You got a long, long runway ahead of you then. Oh yeah. The <laughs> shelf life on an athlete for shooting sports is pretty long. I've good. actually teased a couple of my friends that are retiring from their other sports well if you ever want to be coached in pistol you can take it up (laughs) and possibly go to the olympics again (laughs) in a different sport sure yeah that's always possible Mm -hmm. so um you grew up here in boulder city your mother certainly is well known here in town (laughs) as the ceo of the the chamber of commerce uh um what what do you think just growing up in boulder city meant meant to you and 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 to your, your 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 passion right now of shooting oh yeah for boulder it's um we do so much here in Boulder City to volunteer and to support each other mm-hmm. and to reach out to the community, not just in our own little cliques, but also in other cliques to create, you know, change and positive uh, growth for the city and for the culture. Right. Um, I think I've been able to carry that over into my sport uh, in not just in college with my college team, but also with the Team USA. There's so many of us that reach out to uh, other sports and other disciplines to learn from them and vice versa. So many ways that we're helping other sports to develop uh, some of their uh, high performance plans Mm -hmm. and um, different ways of looking at sports uh, mental health. Mm -hmm. So it's really important, I think, to have a good sense of community before going out into the world. Um, Maybe not just in uh, sports, but also in um, all sorts of different trades and skills. Sure. Uh, so I think Boulder City is a great place for developing that. Uh, so many of us know each other from when we're really young. Right. And when people do move in, everybody's really welcoming and accepting and loving towards them. Uh, so I think we're kind of a great example of that. That And I love all of the different activities that we've had here, um, spring jamboree, art in the park, right, the Christmas sure. tree lighting. Like, yep. There's just so much stuff that allows for us to all come together and, and celebrate together. Yep. So similarly, we have the Olympics and the Paralympics where mm-hmm. everybody in the community back in Colorado Springs gets together and we all celebrate all of those different accomplishments no matter where the athlete is from. Sure, sure. Great, great. So obviously, next is uh, you're shooting at the, the Olympics in Paris in 24. Uh, what's what's the uh, run up to that, uh, qualifying and things of those nature? Yeah. So um, next up will be another trials. We've got three part trials. So part one of trials was uh, a few months or a couple months ago. Then we'll have part two of trials early December, mm-hmm. uh, and part three of trials will be split up a little bit more. So air pistol part three will be early January. 
and sport pistol part three will be in March, I think. Okay. Um, and so we'll have those competitions sprinkled throughout that. There's going to be other competitions, uh, internationally as well as domestically. So those are all kind of here and there. I basically go where my coach tells me to go and shoot as best I can. Yeah, so. <laughs> great, great. So uh, is it, does this all, all uh, happen in Colorado or is it other places around the country? Um, around the country. Yeah. So the, the upcoming trial part two will be all in Colorado Springs, okay. uh, which is convenient for me. Sure. Um, and also adds a little bit of a challenge because while everybody else goes back to the hotel room and relaxes and yeah. watches TV, I go back to the house and do dishes and feed my dogs <laughs> and right. uh, do my laundry, all the regular right. chores. Um, so we've got that coming up. And then uh, trials part one for air or part three for air pistol will be in Anniston, Alabama. So that's fun range down that way. Mm -hmm. um, good friends down there. And uh, part three for Sport Pistol, I believe, is going to be back at Fort Moore, Georgia, okay. uh, formerly Fort Benning. Mm -hmm. um, and we have tons of competitions that are down there. They are a really great host site. Uh, they have a huge range. Um, so that will be that way. Great, great. Well, Alexi, thanks for coming by. We really, uh, we're, we're all very proud of you in, here in Boulder City, and you, and you know we're going to be rooting for you uh, during all the competitions you're in. Thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed the Boulder City podcast. Special thanks to Boulder City Social for helping to disseminate the episodes. If you know anyone in Boulder City that might be an interesting and informative guest on the podcast, email me at rogergross at comcast.net and we'll try to get them on. Until then, we'll see you next time on the Boulder City Podcast. Podcast.